the Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international soccer. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Bridget McDowell and Sheila Reed, produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Javeria and Eric Silva Renner. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at MN Football Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. Bom dia, bom dia. What is up, everybody? It is Eric here, solo for Minnesota Football Show. Uh, Justin will join in as well and chime in on Europa League and some other topics that he wants to talk about. Uh, I'm going to try and burn through some things fast here. We've been doing a good job keeping things under an hour. I'm going to keep that tradition alive. Let's start with local national and talk Minnesota Aurora, pure joy. Uh, we had the home opener on Wednesday where they smashed the Rochester Loons uh, in typical Loons failing fashion. Uh, 4-0 was the final. Uh Massive pressure from the get-go there. <laughs> I felt a little bad for the Rochester keeper by halftime. Um, five minutes, Rapp gets her first of two goals, a great header. Adler comes into the 13th, making it two. 35th minute, there's Rapp's second. Amazing feed for the one-time blast, making it 3-0. And then finally, Hansen gets another one, <laughs> like basically as soon as they reset at the 36th minute. It is it is 4-0 at, at halftime. Uh, just incredible. And, um, oh, I said 4-0 final. That is incorrect. I left a little bit early. As I was leaving, they scored another one with Jelena making it 5-0. 5-0 is the final against the Rochester Loons getting smushed. And then they played yesterday in Chicago to the Dutch Lions, and that was the 4-0 win. <laughs> so we're talking nine goals in two games, which is kind of the dream start for uh, that amazing team. Lots and lots of fun. Uh, shouts to Wes and Rodrigo. It was cool to sit with them and Lydia as well. Had a really nice time talking with her and the kids. And uh, it's a good time. Just good vibes as it should be. Uh, let's jump to Open Cup here on Tuesday. Speaking of getting smushed, Minnesota got smushed by Houston 4-0. They are out of the Open Cup. So if you're keeping track, that is Seven years of Adrian Heath and seven years of no trophies, which should not be a surprise to anyone. Um, I do want to mention the cup sets because these are spectacular. We've got Birmingham Legion beating Charlotte FC, so they are moving on. And then the one that's closer to my heart is the Pittsburgh Riverhounds knocking off Columbus Crew 1-0 as well. Um, shouts to Hermano Paul, São Paulo. He, that's his team. He's, he's been a dedicated supporter for a very long time. And, uh, had he not been traveling, I know he would have been at that match. So good on him. Pittsburgh River Hounds are the team I am now following in solidarity and hoping they can keep making more upsets in this, uh, this really, really awesome competition that I hope gets a little bit more coverage and respect. Um, let's go to, MLS yesterday, uh, Minnesota hosted Real Salt Lake. Final score was a 1-1 tie. I was kind of in and out of this one just with uh, parenting responsibilities and things. Uh, Savarino gets a 28-minute goal. Absolutely sick backflick. I'm not sure who set that one up, but the, the, uh, the assist and the setup was better than the goal, I would say. Beautiful, beautiful backheel flick that he just buries. Um, 
And then in the 31st minute, just a few minutes later, uh, Real Salt Lake score again. It just happens to go in the opposite goal as an own goal by Galad. This, this one was so weird. I had to watch it a couple times on the replay. Bongi kind of gets sec- second credit, I suppose, but he shoots it, bounces off the post. Galad just happens to be in the wrong place at the right time, and then it hits his shin and bounces into goal off of him. So massive ping-pong effect. Um, and then, honestly, I, I kind of lost interest in the second half. Uh, there's your final score, 1-1. Yet another home tie that uh, I can imagine a lot of the supporters were not thrilled about. Um, and for Salt Lake, uh, a big point on the road. And, yes, the comments about Real Salt Lake scoring both goals, all the goals, is, is well played and telling. Um, I'm just going to keep plowing through here without a break because this is going to be a short one so let's jump to internationals and we have to talk about the uh one of the biggest weeks in racism um maybe in the history of this podcast uh certainly it's a top three um with a recurring victim um vinnie jr it's it's been a week as tradition holds with this podcast as soon as we get done recording something happens and uh that's what happened here. This was last Sunday in the afternoon, our time, when Real Madrid played at Valencia. You all know what happened. This even made um, NPR, which uh, which I think is telling when when Minnesota Public Radio picks up a story like like international football and racism. I mean, it's, it's making those kind of waves. So yes, he is racially abused once again. You can go back in our archives if you want to hear many other instances that we have covered with this young man. Um, and as if that weren't bad enough, the brawl happens. You've all seen it. He gets choked. He gets put in a mataleon, we call it, in, in MMA and jiu-jitsu, which is that rear naked choke. Um, he gets spun out of it and kind of does like a back fist. I'm not even sure he connects with the guy. He kind of just throws his fist. And that's what the ref sees. And amazingly, he gets red carded. So once again, he's choked. He's attacked. He's verbal. He's racially abused. And he gets red carded. <laughs> um, I think the absurdity of it and the fact that, again, as we mentioned continually on this podcast, in this day and age, it will be recorded. It will be caught from multiple angles. And that's exactly what happened here. It was blasted throughout the world immediately on every single platform you can imagine. And uh, embarrassment is a powerful weapon. And that's essentially kind of what kind of took off. Um, lots and lots of comments and solidarity from players, from coaches. Uh, I, I think, I mean, I've got things kind of chronologically in here, but again, it's it's been a week. So if you're following the Instagram or just news in general, you've caught a lot of it. Maybe one thing you missed was, uh, kind of an incredible moment where Lula is at the G7 uh, meeting and he actually opens his speech to the entire G7 uh, by addressing the incident that happened and expressing his solidarity with Vinny Jr. and basically saying that there's no uh, room or place for this kind of racism in sport in 2023. It was pretty fucking incredible. And I, I was talking to uh, one of my professors who's a, a footy head himself, Tottenham fan, so, you know, masochist. Um, but we were joking around, like, could any of you listeners imagine Joe Biden coming to the defense of somebody like, say, Tyler Adams, if he were racially attacked? Like, he probably doesn't even know who that is probably can't name more than one or two players and 
probably doesn't know more than one or two teams outside of uh, New York or uh, or L.A. Well, maybe D.C. since that's where he's at. But uh, yeah, so as, as if it weren't global enough immediately for a president to come out and, and call it out like that in front of the entire world was a pretty, pretty big deal. Um, will this be a breaking point? We will see. Um, the the, uh, the Cristo, Cristo Redentor in Rio going, shutting off the lights, going dark in solidarity was, was another uh, really, really powerful action that uh, I think came together from a number of different different organizations, um, including the um, it's the uh, Observatorio da Discriminação Racial in Futebol, but they also were talking directly with Sebeafi and some other ones as well. Cristo Redentor, the, the entire organization there. And, you know, it's a huge uh, tourist point, not just for Brazil, but all of South America and, and the world. And again, with social media, that blew up really quickly. Um, and then, of course, you had the La Liga president coming out, pretending like he didn't see anything. And then it's revealed that he is a fascist and part of the Vox party, which should surprise no one. And then he was kind of exposed and tried to like backtrack, but it was obviously too late. Believe them when they tell you who they are, people. Um, Tuesday, we got the message that the refs uh, were getting canned, five of them, um, including the VAR ref that sent the message to the field ref. He was the first one to go. And then they're just like, okay, everybody's getting, getting canned. Um, what else we got? I don't know. There, there was so much. I, eventually we get to the point of seven arrests of those. Um, I'm not even going to call them supporters, just racist dog shit people. How about that? Um, they're all taken out. They're all arrested and they're permanent stadium bans. Um, more keeps moving. Um, we get to, oh, yeah, the red card is, is, is rescinded. So he plays the next, or he could play the next match, but he decides to set it out. Ancelotti had a really uh, powerful press conference as well, where, you know, he sits down and the Spanish media is just trying to talk about the game. He's just like, I'm not doing this. I do not want to talk about the match. We need to talk about the situation. And it was, it was really powerful. It was really good. Um, red card rescinded. The supporters section of Valencia is to be shut down for five matches and a 45 million euro fine thrown at Valencia. Now, we've seen all of these kind of light consequences before. You keep in mind that the Brasileirão is trying to implement a new policy whereby if something like this happens, you get a point dock. You lose a point, which could be. Uh, which doesn't seem like a lot maybe in, in the initial context, but then when the season's wrapping up, think about Premier League right now where like one point means a whole lot, whether you stay up or get relegated. And if you do a racism, that could be the deciding factor of being relegated. And so this is a thing that needs to be exported yesterday. Uh, hopefully the European leagues and MLS and everybody else will pick it up because that is re that is a real capital C consequence instead of these uh, lowercase C things of just money and shutting things down or whatever. Like it, it needs to be stepped up and this is the next level. Um, we saw Hafia with Barcelona do put on the, his uh, uh, amazing warm up shirt. It's it basically, uh, if I translate here, it says as long as uh, skin color is more important uh, in the eyes of, how's it going? In the eyes of, uh, People, 
I think that's what it is. I can't even, I'm trying to read off the actual thing. As long as skin color is, is important in the eyes of, of people, there will be war, basically, is what that one translates as. Pretty badass. Oh, here it is. As long as skin color is more important than the, uh, than the brilliance of the eyes, there will be war. Powerful. Uh, Wednesday, Real Madrid play, and all the players come out with Vinny Jr. numbers and uh, and his name. So they're all wearing the number 20 with Vinny Jr. on their back, which was a, a pretty amazing uh, show of solidarity. Pretty beautiful thing to see. And then jumping to yesterday, you know, Vinny came out of the Flamengo and the Flamengo Academy. Uh, Flamengo had a <laughs> – they started their match like half an hour late because they did this huge tribute, um, full, uh, todos con Vinny Jr., everybody with Vinny Jr., in the, like a TIFO, um, the fans were singing for a solid 10, 15 minutes, um, yeah, just a, a, a massive, beautiful celebration of, of, of who this man is, and I, I guess to wrap this up, what I would say is he's been here before, and, you know, of course it's painful, and of course it's, deeply affecting him but he is a very very smart young man and very smart player and you know he's got an entire social media team that has again been down these roads and knows how to kind of judo and jujitsu these things when they happen and turn them um flip them on their back uh, and and use it for the greater good and certainly bring bigger consciousness raising out of it which is exactly what has happened here i mean again the president of Brazil opened his entire speech with it internationally. It's not to be taken lightly. Um, let's just remember, too, that th this is a guy that gives, you know, a large portion of, you know, his multimillion dollar salary, salary, which, you know, he's he's a wealthy person. But he's he's running a school in Rio. Uh, it might even schools plural at this point. That's the kind of person he is. He knows where he came from. He's a favelado from the favelas. Uh, he knows his roots, and he's proud of being a black Afro-Brazilian, and uh, as he should be. And will this push and, and change more <laughs> anymore? I mean, who knows? There's there's different takes in Spain going on right now. And, and to be clear, uh, Rodrigo would chime in here. He, he's been the one that's been consistently on La Liga racism forever. But it's not just a Spanish problem. It is... Uh, UEFA, it is CONCACAF, con, con CONMEBOL, Asian Confederation, everywhere, right? Even even in the African Confederation, we're seeing a lot of what's happening in Tunisia, for example. Um, so what do you do? The, the stakes need to be risen, and I think the answer to that is this point doc that, that they've invented in Brazil that's going on as we speak. No, nobody has actually incurred it yet. I think there's there's a certain deterrence that's happening, which, you know, that's kind of the fucking point, right? If, if you're scared of it, it's working. Um, so anyway, we love Vinny Jr. He's He's been a star uh, of this program, and we show our massive solidarity with him. Once again, um, there, was a, uh, there was a post by somebody that was – saying that he's kind of stepping into a role as as being potentially one of the greatest players of all time and seeing how he can carry and balance this uh this part of 
uh, being an athlete activist, essentially following um, the path blazed by someone like Muhammad Ali, um, who is still, remember, he's still super young, guys. He's like 24, 25. So he's still got a long career ahead of him. And, you know, if, if this if this is going to be, um, if, if making this kind of revolutionary change becomes part of his identity, I mean, this, this guy's got an amazing trajectory not just as a player, but as a, as a really badass human. So we send our love. Okay, uh, I'll take a break here and I will let, uh, let Justin jump in with some uh, Euros and wherever else he goes. This is Justin Paul with the Eastern, Southeastern Europe uh, wraparound uh, country close to my heart, as you all know, Turkey. Galatasaray are leading uh, with their hand on the throttle for the title. If they beat Ankara Gucu in the capital on Tuesday in fixtures that have been pushed back to today's election, votes are being counted as we speak, um, they will then win the title and avoid having to play Fenerbahce in a June 4th derby for all the marbles. If Gala draws and Fener beats Antalya Spor, Haji Wright's team, then Fener have to win by three because they, it's about goal differential between prior matches. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Gala uh, have been more consistent. Mauro Riccardi and Nicolas Aniolo have been, been revelations, whereas Fener have dropped points to bottom teams. Uh, Fener can still win the cup. They will play Istanbul Başakşehir here on June 11th in Izmir. And the stadium first thought to be a little bit small for the cup, just 20,000 seats. Uh, a team called Gustafe play there. But when the opponent is Istanbul Başakşehir here, who have no fans, it will be a veritable Fener home game. Not sure if that will if that will save Jorge Jesus, who's been under a lot of pressure. The ten year it would, be, it would be nine years without a trophy if they don't win anything, and he might go to Portugal or Brazil. Uh, so there's a lot of um, a lot of tension. But Arda Guler, the generational Turkish talent, has signed on for Fener for two more years. That's great news, and maybe he'll make his splash at the club like Newcastle, but not till 2025. And that, that's good for him and good for Fener. Uh, Fener women's team plays Fomget, a team from an Ankara-based folklore and dance society, in the women's final next Saturday, also in Izmir, at, at an, another stadium. And uh, Fener have assigned a young American from um, New Jersey, Danielle Marcano, who got a goal for them against Gala in the semifinal in the first minute. They, 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 they'd win that, uh, I believe, 4-2 uh, on aggregate. And uh, Fomget's best two players are two Ukrainians, Darnia uh, Apanashenko and Olya Avidchuk, who both played for Kharkiv, who were in the Champions League a couple years ago before the war, but are now playing in Turkey because obviously opportunities have had to shift as Russia's aggression came to that city and to Ukraine as a whole. Uh, in Greece, Ike Athens do the double. Uh, Matias Almeida gets the league, and then they play Pauk, their enemies, and beat them in the cup. This cup match almost did not find a home because of past violence between Ike and Pauk fans. Three Greek cities rejected it. Cyprus was going to host it. They said, no, the top cops said, we don't want these two uh, uh, violent fan club, uh, not violent, but we'll say hooligan bases coming to Cyprus. They did eventually play it in Volos and Ike won. They won despite being a man down for 85 minutes. And they trolled Pauk by saying, next time we play you, we will go two men down for 85 minutes. Uh, so that's uh, going to probably lead into more tension for next year. Uh, in Romania... Vitoru, sorry, Faru Constanta from the Black Sea port. Remember, Romania has one little Black Sea speck of a port. Well, they win their first league title there, but actually they are a merged team with Vitoru Constanta from the same city 
who were owned by Georgi Hagi, the Romanian legend. Um, in the Romanian Cup, Sepsi does it. So the Hungarians from Skelliland, which is not by the Hungarian border. It's, it's hundreds of miles into Transylvania, but it's a Hungarian majority area. They win their first ever cup. So the, the Hungarian minority and Romania can hold their heads high. And then next year, I believe Stau Bucharesti, the team that split into two after uh, Georgi Bacawi, their corrupt owner, mismanaged it. They're coming back to the top flight. So we will have two teams claiming to be Stau Bucharest in the top flight next year, which will be a crazy derby. We already have one schizophrenic derby in the city of Craiova, uh, which is Romania's third biggest city between two clubs. Both, they both claim to be university U to Craiova. So Romania is just, just off the charts with derbies of clubs that both claim to be the same team. In Poland, Rakow Czestokwa win their first title. There was a great meme showing their stadium, 6,000 seats only. They win the title, whereas Lekia Gdansk from the port city up north have a massive stadium of like 30,000. They're relegated. So stadium size does not equal success. Poland has had two new champions in the last five years. Uh, four years back, it was Pias Glubice, which is a team formed by refugees from Ukraine. They were kicked out by the Ukrainian nationalists in World War One, or sorry, just before between the wars, and now this year, Rakow. So, and also there'll be a Warsaw Derby next year as uh, Polonia Warsaw are back. Uh, but I do like leagues that have variety. So two new champions in five years is nothing to sniff at. N nothing like that in Serbia, where Red Star Belgrade go undefeated in the league. They win the cup, uh, and they do get Barack Bahar, who is that highly coveted Israeli manager of Maccabi Haifa. Um, uh, although that Hungarian team in Serbia, Bajka Topola, will finish second or third, but they did not win the cup. But as for um, uh, Bahar, uh, uh, Olympiakos wanted him. Rangers of Celtic talked about him. But uh, in the end, he's going from Haifa. Now, he had a career where he led Hypo Kiryat Shimona on the Lebanese border to a title, a very small club in Israel. Then he went to the Negev Desert and led Hepola Beersheva to a few titles, building them into a powerhouse down there in South Israel. Then he goes to Maccabi Haifa. So he's probably achieved all, all he can in, in Israel. I mean, he do Tel Aviv clubs, but he's done a lot. And now he will do his best for Red Star Belgrade in the Champions League and then maybe go from Serbia to somewhere else. Uh, and lastly, the Albanians of Macedonia, again winning the, the title. This year, uh, historically, it was Shkendia Tetovo, a city who's out, Tetovo being an Albanian majority city who's out, Albanian pride is so fierce the club was banned by the Titoist communist Yugoslav era uh, officials who, who hated all nationalisms. They, they've won three titles in recent years, but last year it was Skupi who represent the Albanian half of the city of Skopje, Albanian, or the Albanian third, rather. You cross the Vardar River and it's, it, it's an Albanian side, another side is Macedonian side. But this year it was Struga, another Albanian team near Lake Orid, an old uh, historical um, UNESCO site. Uh, Ori's a Macedonian town. Their club has never won it, but Struga, just a bit down the lake, win it this year. So Albanians doing great things in Macedonia, not north, just Macedonia, uh, and congratulations to them. So I will leave it at that, uh, and I always uh, thank Eric and the crew for allowing me to uh, ramble here, and uh, we'll see what happens uh, in the upcoming weeks. Thank you. Thank you, Senor. Okay, let's do Libertadores. We'll just bounce off of that. I'm not going to go through all the scores, but I think the interesting one to pull up here is Group B with um, Independiente Medellin from Colombia taking on Nacional from Uruguay. Nacional had this one 
uh, pretty well in their pocket in terms of leading it consistently. And then Independiente beats them two to one in Colombia and they actually jump. So there's another one like we've spoken about before of, of some of these new faces getting new opportunities to uh, not only go through in the next round, but maybe potentially win the group. So congratulations to there's still a few more matches, but at the moment, uh, Medellin leading in Group B. I think on the other side, the big one to mention here is in Group C, uh, Cerro Porteño hosted Palmeiras and Palmeiras smashed him 3-0. Uh, remember, Palmeiras was at the bottom of this group for the first three uh, rounds. And, or no, first, yeah, that's right, first three. And now they've won like their last two. So that, that so they jump just with six points already into moving into uh, the knockout phase. It didn't take very long. They have the defending champions, and it would have been historic had they not gone through. So it looks like momentum has swung, as I kind of expected. Uh, we'll, we'll see what the actual final landing place is, is for them. Um, some other big ones that are struggling. Uh, Corinthians, they tied Argentinos Juniors. They are, they're having a rough ride. And Boca actually lost as well to Deportivo Pereira. Um, I think they're still maybe in second place, but... It, it's 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 just been really interesting with this one with a lot of the big names not doing so great. Um, what else? Oh, Thursday we have to mention this one because we love the strongest from Bolivia. Uh, they had a a big one as well. Fluminense up until this point were the only undefeated team in the entire tournament, and the strongest flexed their muscles and showed who they were. They they take them down one nil, giving Fluminense their their first loss. They're still Fluminense is still solidly in that first position in group uh, D. I think the strongest, I think they moved up to either second or third, though, so they might still be able to, sn to sneak in there. They got a tough group, River Plate and uh, Sporting Cristal are in there. That's, that's, a, that's a solid group. Uh, all right, I'll leave it there for Libertadores. Um, there's going to be some surprises, y'all. We've already talked about that. It's, it, there's still two more matches to play before we get to the next round, but there's there's going to be some big teams, especially on the Brazilian side, maybe even on the Argentine side, that are going to drop, which hasn't happened in a long time, which is which is great. That's what we like to see. Um, Sul Americana, I'll just mention that, uh, of course, I'm extremely biased here with Goyaz playing and actually doing decently. Uh, they have two more matches to play as well. They beat Universitario de Deportes from Peru. They beat them 1-0 at home. The very late goal in the 90th minute. And Amazingly, uh, this takes them, this gives them eight points. They actually jump Universitario to first place in their group. Uh, I'll say that again. Goyaz is currently first place in their group going through to the knockout round, which is bananas to say. Again, two more matches to play. A lot could change. Uh, and it's very tight. 8-7-4, Santa Fe being the, uh, the, fourth, the uh, third place there with four points. Could flip. But uh, it's weird. It feels really weird when, when this team that is such a, a yo-yo of a team is, starts to perform decently, especially on an international level. So I'll take it. Get them. Uh, U20 World Cup. I'm, I just got it, – it moved so fast, and there was so much happening with, with the Vinnie Jr. case and everything that uh, it, was, it was impossible to watch the matches and kind of move through it. But uh, you all should know – that the group stage is over for a lot of these play for a lot of these teams rather. Uh, group A, it's in Argentina. Argentina win the group undefeated, no big surprise there. 
But the big surprise, speaking of that, is the number two team going through. That is Uzbekistan. Yes, Uzbekistan. Uh, they go through with one draw, one loss, and one win, four points. New Zealand at the same. I think they sneak in as well. But this is, uh, you talk about a Cinderella story. I don't think any Uzbek team on any international platform has made it this far before. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, so again, if you want to go for the underdogs, that is your team. Go for Uzbekistan right now in Argentina, U20 World Cup. Uh, that's Group A. Group B, uh, U.S. performed admirably. They also went undefeated, got all nine points. Ecuador, uh, number two with six, uh, two, two wins and a loss. So they, those two are through as well. And the, the rest of them will, will be wrapping. Uh, you can get that stuff online. Oh, Brazil, they're through. No big surprise there. They, they kind of smooshed Panama 6-0. I think by halftime they were, you know, the, the water boys were, were in there and just getting everybody a shot. Let's go to, there's EPL things happening as we speak. It is decision day. I'll do a little update in a second once we have a little more clarity um, at, at the moment. I mean, right now it's, it's Leeds, Southampton, Leicester, and Everton are all kind of bouncing around that relegation line. Uh, uh, Leeds, rather. No, I'm sorry. Leicester. Leicester scored and are, have jumped it now with the win, which knocked Everton down. Uh, so if you're uh, if you listen to Men in Blazers, Raj is deeply, deeply intoxicated and uh, <laughs> dreading the the worst right now. Um, but there's still a little bit of time. Um, to that end, let's talk about some of the positives. So we already know that Man City wrapped this thing up. We talked about that uh, in previous episodes. Uh, we should mention Brighton. Uh, you know, this not so wealthy, huge or not so huge. Super famous club. They're going to play in Europa League. They're, they're, looks like they're going to finish sixth. This will be the first time ever in an international tournament. So phenomenal. Good on them. And uh, if you all mentioned Hoydeman from uh, Minneapolis City, he played there back in the day, some 20-something years ago. Um, so to imagine that 20-something years later, they're, they're going to play in Europa, I'm sure he's absolutely tripping. And that's that's spectacular. So congrats to Brighton. Um I can't remember the dude's, the coach's name, but he's also a Pep protege. So Pep Guardiola, I mean, man, you think about all the things he's done, but then also all of the other managers and players that he has touched and kind of molded, uh, including, of course, at Arsenal and everywhere else. I mean, his uh, his legacy is, is deep, runs very deep. Uh, let's talk about Luton Town. <laughs> Just spectacular. They win the, the championship. They are moving into the Premier League. And what's great about this team is they are a very small team, even smaller than Brighton. Um, their stadium kind of looks, uh, it's, you know, it's, it, it kind of reminds me again of the of Minneapolis City over at Augsburg. I mean, it's 10,000-something capacity and in in uh in like four or five months you know like teams like man city and and manchester united and arsenal are going to be going to this this tiny tiny little stadium kind of in the middle looks like in the middle of a residential area uh it's bananas it's going to be very interesting and very weird and but all all that said uh massive congratulations to luton town for for doing the thing i mean again if you're if you're up for the underdogs, this is your team. This is going to be pretty fun to watch them take take on the big boys. It's 
it's good stuff. Can't ask for more. Oh, I put in, it's like Minneapolis city going to MLS. Yeah. And then hosting the MLS teams. Awesome. 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 Um, finally for your good news of the week, it is, uh, the uh, Champions League women's final between Barcelona and Wolfsburg. It is sold out, ladies and gents. Esgotado, which is exactly what we want to hear. Um, at this point, it really shouldn't be a surprise as we continually cover with the, the rise and dominance of women's football. Uh, you love it. You love to see it. I didn't even put this in the notes, but it looks like the there's something about um, the sporting director – of the Brazilian government is working directly again with, with Lula and the crew to get even more investment and even more interest and, uh, and uh, money rolling into not only the women's national team, but the domestic women's league to start to compete more directly with the European women's league and NWSL, which again would only be better for the game and could start to solidify and and push some of some of the other South American leagues to maybe do the same as we've covered, uh, poorly paid, poorly taken care of. So if somebody can start it, others can follow. Right. That's the idea. All right. Well, again, my promise is to keep it under an hour. I'm going to keep it under half an hour. Um, maybe not with, with Justin, but uh, close. It's going to be barely over half an hour. That's all we got. And. We'll be back next time, or maybe after that. We're kind of trying to figure out where the podcast is going to go, uh, but stay tuned. We'll let you know. And we are going to do the Women's World Cup, Voltron with the Daves, uh, patreon.com backslash show if you want to support this thing. Uh, thank you all for listening. Send your shouts to uh, comrades Bridget and Rodrigo, and go enjoy the beautiful day. If you're in Minnesota, head to George Floyd Square. There's lots of cool events uh, going on as we try and turn something positive out of the, the massive tragedy that, that occurred there. Um, there's lots of good vibes yesterday, and I'll probably pop in today as well. All right, everybody. Take care of yourselves. Demais. Ciao. All right. Quick update on final EPL standings for the season. Everton did score. Raj gets to breathe. MJ gets to breathe. Um, with that, they jump back to 17. Um, they will survive barely again. Uh, so your relegated teams are Leicester, Leeds, and Southampton in that order. So sigh of relief for Everton. And again, all of us are going to be Luton Town so, uh, supporters next season.